I'm Maddie. And oh my God, you guys, it's time for the school dance. <laughs> the Sadie Hawkins dance where girls get to ask the guys on a date unlike normal times where that no one ever does that. You know what? Now that you say that, I forgot <laughs> that that's like... That's the premise of this episode. Well, right, but even that, evolution. In, right, in 2002, that was a thing where you had to be a guy to ask a girl out or whatever. And I, like, It's kind of still a thing, though, Is dude. it? Like, I don't know. I'm not straight. straight people? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I thought I mean, girls ask guys out now. They do, but like, I feel like it's hard to... Okay. Okay. I mean, first of all, this is a show where we review every adaptation of the X-Men. We may as well start off by saying that. We also talk about how gay all of them are, but that's a separate thing. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the x-men evolution we are this is an episode called shadow dance which made me think it was going to be about kitty because shadow cat but it's not clearly i can't base the titles on anything i mean she's in it kind of but but it's not it's not really about her it's mostly it's about not. kurt it's about them having the city hawkins dance which i'm just pulled up on wikipedia because i was like all right well how about we explain this to our younger listeners i mean it's way older than us i know it says it well it says it started in 19 well that's a 1944 reenactment i don't know it's a sadie's hawkins day is an american folk event and pseudo holiday originated by al cap's classic hillbilly comic strip lil abner this inspired the real world sadie hawkins events the premise of which is that women ask men for a date or dancing. Ooh, mm-hmm. I, can't, I didn't know. I didn't know it was based off of a comic book strip. That's really I interesting. I, I don't think our schools ever had this. I mean, they could have. I mean, this whole episode feels like a piece of fan fiction, but in in a good way. Like, I mean that as a compliment. I mean, fan fiction rules anyway, but it's also like it is playing into the viewers fantasies about who would date who who yeah. would be nervous to ask who to the dance all the different ships i guess or maybe mystique's fantasies because mystique spends <laughs> this whole episode right around being like who's gonna date who and i'm like what is, why are you doing this mystique <laughs> okay so previously on the x-men things that we need to know is that kitty and lance aka avalanche have been flirting a whole lot uh I know. rogue and Scott are being weirdly flirtatious towards each other, even though that's kind not of. It's even more like Rogue is interested in Scott. Scott's interested in Jean. Jean's um, interested in Duncan and Scott. Kind of. I don't know if she's into Duncan anymore. She, I feel like she's kind of realizing Duncan's boring, like over the course of this episode and realizing that she actually does like Scott. Yeah, that that's exactly what I was going to say. Also, Duncan and Scott are dating. Also, there's this other girl, Taryn, who is like into Scott. Every time she sees Scott, she like smashes her pussy again him and it's like yeah what is and scott is like not particularly into her but i feel like he has the classic problem of like 
being um, sort of awkward around girls and being like, well, at least this one's interested in me. So I guess I'll just go with it, even though I'm not into her. I mean, that's like what we all did in high school. Yeah. But also we have decided that Kurt and Scott are dating and our straight listeners I agree know, with and us. They're pretty cute in this episode. I think they like, must have broken up secretly for this episode. I don't know. I, don't I felt know. like I read it as like they were kind of like, yeah, they're hooking up with each other, but they also both understand that in public they're supposed to date girls. So like both oh, Scott and Kurt kind of give each other like pep talks about how like they're going to date girls. Yeah, I like their friendship in this. So basically yeah. that's all you actually need to know. There's nothing. Oh, wait. Uh, Boom Boom, who previously was with the X-Men, left the X-Men because Xavier was fucking military crazy. So she went mm-hmm. and moved into the Brotherhood's house. Okay. Yes. Also, again, in this episode... It's out of order. I don't know why Disney Plus has it way out of order because that, you know how I was saying like um, the Christmas episode with Warren was supposed to happen after the episode where they're having the snowball fights and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, this is out of order. Yeah. It's out of order again because Blob doesn't have hair in this. It's gone, which happens because Boom Boom shaves up, shaves his mohawk off in Walk on the Wild Side. So that's supposed oh. to happen before this episode. Oh, well, right? I mean, we already knew the episodes were out of order anyway, because they're different from how they were on the Wikipedia page. And like, we're just watching them in the order that Disney Plus tells us to. But like, it's wrong. It is wrong. But also, it's going to be really funny when we get into Walk on the Wild Side, because a huge plot point about that is Gene being like, I don't even need men in my life. Duncan and Scott are both stupid. And I was like, <laughs> OK, so now it's like, how does she get from there to here? You know, I don't know. I feel like that kind of makes sense, because in this episode, Gene is like a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> Damn, I feel like I was going to go with like insecure and sad. I mean, well, there's that too. Translating into Jean being a bitch. But at the end, I did feel for her. I felt sad for her because she is sad. I did too. Like, but we're going to, as we're going to find out at the beginning of this episode, she's like really kind of annoying at the beginning. And I was like, why are you doing this, Jean? I don't know. I mean, it's like you could say that for anyone in the episode, though, because everyone's being kind of annoying. Because I mean, yeah, it's like, there's okay. Also, there's like not just an A, B plot, there's like an A, B, C, D, E, F, G plot going on is there's like like a lot of different things happening yeah so. i'm actually not sure whether the dance is the a plot or kurt's powers <laughs> is the a plot. i don't like, know they're kind of both the a plot because they both have equal time this, like this episode's gonna involve kurt slowing down to see where he goes when he teleports which is basically limbo and hell which okay, is we forgot to even mention forge like we're doing previously on the x-men oh, yeah. and we need to like say who forge is because they're just gonna unceremoniously put forge back into this episode without explaining who he is, which I didn't hate, by the way. I was like, fine, don't waste any time reminding me who Forge is. I remember it because I watched that, you know, eight weeks ago. Also, don't tell us what happened when he went back to his parents and he was like, I'm still the yeah. age, guys. I mean, I guess they were okay with it because Forge is like still the same guy that he was in the 70s or whenever he was from, I think the 70s. So like, anyway, in a previous episode, um, there was this weird object that Forge had in the past that like got teleported to the future. I don't remember how exactly. There were like time space rifts involved um and toad and rogue stole it and they were playing with it and toad was like teleporting away all of mystique's office supplies i think that item was there just sitting in a closet for 30 years that's what it seemed to be you could be right so toad started fucking with it and over the course of that kurt ended up finding forge stuck in this liminal space that's like between realities and kurt saved him but like 
in a really roundabout way where they had to try to talk to people in the real world in order to convince them to, to not press the wrong button. And like Scott almost did and Kurt managed <laughs> to convince him not to. But there was still like this weird spherical blaster thing that is going to come back into play in this episode that Forge had back then to fuck around with time space. I don't understand how the blaster works. I didn't then and I don't now. And it almost doesn't matter. I don't know either. This is also the last time we see Forge. It's the last time we see like this limbo area. I think all this was going to come back in season four, but again. I bet so, because it all feels like set up for a longer plot line with Kurt that it's too bad it didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, because like but... Amanda Sefton in the comic yeah. books goes and rules over limbo for a while. So like. Oh, so Amanda Sefton gets introduced in this episode. Spoilers, I guess. But yeah, like, yeah, well, she, right. she doesn't have powers yet here. Or she so, does, and we don't know, which we'll never right. know. Or she because may not know. Here yeah. the, the, again, the problem is, is that they mapped out what was going to happen between seasons two and three, and obviously they had a plan for seasons three and four. But since they only got like five episodes in season four, we'll never yeah. know. And I, I yeah. really wish somebody would either release their show notes for this or go back and be like, we're going to make season five now. I mean, that's a thing we do they now, won't. right? I know. I mean, they. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, throw cold water on that because I have no fucking idea. I, I, I don't know what kind of X-Men cartoon is going to come out once when they get introduced to the MCU because some of the cartoons that are released now that are Avengers cartoons are good and other ones are like bad. So I don't know yeah. where where it's going to fall. So yeah, they'll probably do both. I mean, I, I feel like it's I mean, it's kind of like how the Avengers cartoons now like aren't necessarily based on the, the, the movies at all. They're like their own realities. So like and this version, X-Men Evolution was coming out the same time as the live action movies, the first ones. So like it's not based on those movies. So I feel like there could just be X-Men animated shows in the future that are just like this show in the sense that they're just right. like what if the x-men did this i mean that would be kind i of actually fun. Do, I, if anything i think they might if they were to revitalize a show again they would probably do x-men the animated series because that's the one everyone wants but i don't know a lot of people liked x-men evolution there's yeah there there's no calling for wolverine in the x-men even though they still want to <laughs> make that but it's okay they don't but like no to. one cares yeah I yeah know. pretty much sometimes i go back and watch pieces of that and it's like some parts are good, but there's like no emotional value to that show. Well, we're about to watch it, so yeah. Anyway, all right, so let's start this episode because now that it's been 20 minutes, we can yep. talk about Shadow Dance. So yeah. it is the morning. Rogue and Kitty come out of their bedroom or separate rooms, pretending that they didn't just fuck. Mm -hmm. And Rogue's like, "Wow, you were up all night having phone sex with Lance. Did you ask him out to the dance yet?" And Kitty's like, "Nah, you know what everyone thinks about him around." Here and they would be really fucking weird about it. So, yep. did you ask Scott yet? Uh, you should do that before Gene puts her pussy in his face. And Rogue's <laughs> like, yeah, I don't do dances. The last time I was at one, I killed like two people. <laughs> so and Kitty's like, Scott knows he's not going to touch you. And like Rogue, I don't know. I felt really sorry for her here. Like she looks so sad. I don't and know. And then they get onto this elevator to go down to the danger room. And then Gene runs in and she like is beautiful. She runs in and she's like got her hair perfect. She's like, Sorry, I almost slept the alarm and like I just I had to really quickly get myself together and like I just woke up like this. Yeah, and like she turns around and like shoves her butt in their face. Like she does like a little <laughs> pose in the elevator where she's like does a little hair toss and she's like, Oh, I know, I look so messy right now. And like Kitty and Rogue are like, Yeah, okay. Well, Kitty doesn't seem to care, but Rogue's like glaring at her yeah well rogue hates her because gene is like the popular hot girl that rogue can never be so um kitty is like why do we even need to go to whatever we're going to it's for kurt and it's not for us 
And Jean is like, we work as a team. And then she like starts giving them a little lecture about how important that is. And like Rogue uh, says the words along with her because clearly she's heard them a billion times. And then like angrily stomps out of the elevator. And Jean is like, what's her problem? And Kitty's like, she's just bummed about the girls dance, you know, the no touching thing. And then Jean looks kind of sad and is like, oh, because it's like it's only now occurred to her that maybe Rogue would be lonely constantly. I know. But anyway, I mean, like, this is like Jean on the show. She doesn't use her psychic powers all the time well though. that's good yeah, I mean, she's, she's not, not like xavier, xavier but also yeah. she like can't read people otherwise <laughs> i know which is kind of funny so kitty's like are you going with duncan and gene's like he thinks so he got the tickets already i just might have to disappoint him and then like laughs because she likes fucking with people because she's a teenage girl and yeah. that's life she's also the phoenix you know mm-hmm. as it goes <laughs> Yeah, she likes to step on men, but she doesn't know that about herself yet. She might. Maybe, yeah, maybe. So in the danger room, we unceremoniously see Forge suddenly with no introduction as to who he is. And that's fine. There's a lot of fucking exposition here. A lot. There is. There is. I, we don't have to summarize all of it. All that's really important is what Ryan said at the beginning of this, which is like Forge created this machine that is going to slow down Kurt's teleportation so that they can see where he's going to in between each Banff because right. they know he's going somewhere else. Like he goes to some other dimension and then back into ours again, but like in a different place. The other thing that comes up is Xavier says that they want to make sure Kurt is secured because every single time he Banffs, they smell sulfur and they yep. think that it might be toxic where he's going so they're putting yeah. him in this like little space like suit, a right? gas mask yeah, yeah they're putting a gas mask on him and they're also putting like this other weird stuff on him also um, i don't know if you noticed this uh you should have but our listeners may not have but in the background there's a scene there where like beast of logan are just like making eyes at each other and i'm like why is that being animated back there <laughs> i thought it was cute this is also i think the first time ever that they've bothered to animate every single member of the x-men in the background right like storm is there evan's there like every character is actually in the background of this scene like nobody has any lines right now it's just like cyclops and forge putting shit on kurt so anyway then he teleports right yeah i mean after forge like makes a bunch of star trek references uh kurt oh my god i forgot about that i was like i'm like i didn't understand what the references were because i'm not a star trek person so yeah they're all star trek references so then forge tells him to teleport to the old lab in in his high school because no one will be there and that's at least sort of relevant that that kurt is teleporting back and forth from the lab i don't understand why nobody's ever in there like are they just afraid that it's haunted Well, because it's it's the lab that he put a bomb in remember and he like locked the door Yeah, but i remember all that but like did really 30 years go by without like any principal or faculty member be like why can't we walk through this door now there's a I bomb mean, going off i don't know people are really dumb like if you see a locked door you just assume somebody else knows about it like that's actually like kind of believable to me like schools are not that organized it's, it's like, just resident evil where you walk around and you shake all the door handles and it's like dude the diamond key need the club key that's what the school is like <laughs> except you're also a teacher and you're busy and you're like oh well i don't fucking care about this can you I'm imagine being enough. a teacher in a school that was designed like any resident like evil a resident game? evil thing i think they probably all are i mean i don't know like they just give up and leave they're like fuck this i'm not moving crates around and finding keys to go to the bathroom there's certainly like abominations in the school this kind of resident evil in this episode there's gonna be fucking dinosaurs in this school and it's never explained like how they cover that up i know I mean, at the end of this episode, I just was at the point where I was like, so do weird things just happen in the school and everyone accepts it? Like, is that the level we've <laughs> gotten mean, to now? I don't know. This is like really out there because also everybody uses a power. We're not even there yet. Okay, so right now, Kurt <laughs> teleports and he goes to hell 
and yeah. he's like floating around. He's like, whoa, it's so cool. I floated above lava. And like before he teleports out again, we see like a little dinosaur stick his head out from behind a rock. I guess it's supposed to be a demon, but they really just look like dinosaurs, right? They look like kind of T-Rex heads on Velociraptor bodies-ish. Like they're, they're kind of like miniature T-Rexes. And they're red and they're kind of glowing orange. Yeah. So like Kurt finishes teleporting to the lab after like slow motion moving through the lava pit basically with the dinosaurs in it. And so then after he gets to the lab and then teleports back home again, in the lab we see like this rift opening Yeah. that's like, oh, like there is a weird... Uh, some type of doorway between hell and the real world. So we're like, oh shit. Right. And also like the little dinosaur sticks its nose out. It's like, hey! And then it goes away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a little Yoshi, but it's an evil Yoshi. It's an evil Yoshi. And then it's like, music, opening credits. And then the intro plays. I think it's the longest it's taken for an intro to play on this show. It's like three full minutes of plot. I know there's like three full scenes going on too. Okay, so then it goes to Babel where we see the big sign for the Sadie Hawkins dance. And this is just going to be like the remainder of the episode of who's dating who? Who's the mean bitch now? I don't know. So like, that's what's going to happen. So Kurt is so excited about teleporting and he's being like, yeah, I like Scott is being really supportive of his like fuck friend. I don't know. Yeah. Scott's like, I hope it works out for you. And Kurt is like, yeah, I'm in love with Forge now. And Gene and Scott are like, okay, that's cute. Okie dokie. And then Gene walks over or Gene's already there, right? Yeah. Gene's already there. And she's like, Scott, can we talk after lunch? And Scott is like, sure. On the quad. And Gene's like, yeah, okay. And then she walks away and Kurt is like, uh, she's going to jump your bones after lunch. And Scott is like, no, she's going to ask Duncan to the dance, not me. And Kurt is like, don't doubt the fuzzy one, which is how he refers to himself all the time on this show. And then Scott teases him about some girl in his math class who might ask Kurt out named Amanda. Yep. Amanda Sefton. And Kurt is like, I don't know. Her friends say she likes me, but she's so shy. It's a cute scene. I also made a note here that I love the characters on this show. Have you noticed that like they actually change their clothes on this they don't yeah, wear the well, same I mean, outfits. Kurt can't. Kurt has no, to. No, I know, but like but... Kitty and Jean and Scott all wear different outfits to school. They I was do. like, I kind of appreciate that they took the ch- time to animate that, that because a lot of cartoons do not do that. There's like yeah. they have two outfits that they wear throughout the year, and that's it. I mean, they do and they don't. Like Rogue wears the same thing pretty often. Like they have standard outfits that they wear on the show, but like you're right that this episode was one where they just randomly were like, let's put them in different clothes, and then of course they all have different clothes for for the semi formal. But you're right though, like. Like they do have different outfits like in each scene. It's interesting. That is true. So then Kitty goes over to Lance, who's like drinking out of a water fountain, and she's like, uh, like Lance, um, like, do you like uh like wanna uh like you wanna <laughs> go to like the dance with me? And Lance is yeah. like, I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about it. She's like, Oh, like, okay. And then she walks <laughs> away and Lance is like, I thought about it. Let's go to the dance together. And Kitty's like, Yay, we get to go to the dance. And then Avalanche gets so excited that he like rocks the whole school around. And then Kitty's like, ha ha ha. And I was like, Yeah, they like smile at each other. And I'm just like, Wow, guys, uh, if you ever have sex, it's going to be crazy. We made a joke about that in Warcraft Valley where I guess there was a scene, I think it was in the last episode we recorded, or one of the more recent ones, in which like Kitty and Lance are in there. There were like two versions of Kitty and Lance in our stories that were there at the same time. And for a while, the X-Men Evolution (laughs) ones were also there and they were like fucking. And we were like, 
there'd be an earthquake and then Poochie would be like, oh, I guess Lance had an orgasm. I mean, I am positive that fan fiction exists outside of Warcraft Valley. Like other people were writing that same fanfic as you. I mean, like it's a really easy one to do. Yeah, at least Kitty can like phase through it and be safe if that happens, but yeah. nobody else is if the house collapses. Anyway, let's get away from that to go to Amanda and Kurt, who are awkwardly like making eyes each other at each other in math class. They're mm-hmm. like, one plus one equals two. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like two rows away from okay, each other. So. That's like not the math they're doing in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so then they go outside and Amanda's like walks up to Kurt and they awkwardly talk to each other where it's really cute. Like they like they don't really have sentences. They're like, yeah, so like hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, like Amanda asked if somebody asked him to the dance and Kurt takes like 10 years to answer the question. It's like absurd. Like he's like, um, no, uh, Maybe. no, um, listen, no. And I was like, oh my God, this is like literally listening to two teenagers talk to I mean, each other. I it was other, actually really good. I thought it was very it good. I, I felt like it was real. It did feel and very it, it real. Was, it was really funny. I wonder if you should just take a clip from the show and put it in here so you can even, like, we can't, <laughs> we cannot do this justice. Like how, I know. Awkward, how awkward and how it good it is. It's really fantastic. Have you been asked to the dance yet? Uh, no, actually, I, I mean, no. Oh, not anyone has asked me. No, not yet. Would you go with me? Who, me? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. You would? Awesome. So I'll call you later, okay? Uh-huh. It's cute. It is really cute. I guess we should note also, like, since there's so few black characters on this show, Amanda Sefton is a black character on this show. That's something they chose to do. I think in the comic books, she's like, Greek white so she's like darker skinned so Amanda Sefton has blonde hair and blue eyes but darker skin her mom is Margali who we'll talk about a bit more in the who's that x-men section on this show her mom is Romani her dad unknown so in any case she's ordinarily drawn differently than how she's animated on this show so then uh different scene Forge and Xavier and Logan are in the war room. They're looking at the computer screen and they're looking at, I guess, basically a GoPro that Kurt recorded of himself going to hell. Like, that's the footage that they got. So Forge is like, wow, there's nasty stuff in the atmosphere there. And Xavier is like, some of these readings indicate organic molecules. And Forge is like, that's kind of hard to believe that. And Logan is like flipping through the images and sees one of the T-Rexes. And he's like, he's like, "Uh, fuck, I got to go with Kurt next time. He teleports (laughs) so I can fight some dinosaurs. And everyone's like, well, Logan, what? And he's like, Kazar might be there. And I want my prostate stimulated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Logan is like extremely amped to go fight the dinosaurs, which actually is going to happen. I mean, that is what's going to happen. He doesn't say all those things I said. I know that may come as a surprise to our listeners, but yeah, all the stuff about prostates wasn't actually on the show. It was just heavily implied. Yes. I mean, like that's what happens when Logan sees dinosaurs. (laughs) He just gets really excited. So then Kurt is at the lunch at, at the lunch table with Evan and Scott. And Kurt is like panicking about what he should wear to the dance. Yeah, he's now having a full on meltdown, like a full Makes a on lot meltdown. Of sense because he's like talking about how Professor Xavier is going to have to reprogram his holographic watch to put a tuxedo on him. 
And Evan points out that if they hold hands, then Amanda is going to feel Kurt's hand, which is furry and doesn't have five fingers on it. Right. And Kurt is like only now having that occur to him. And he starts like full on panicking. And he's like, I got to call this off. I can't go on a date with a girl ever. And Scott is like, Kurt, calm down. Just wear gloves. She'll never know. And Kurt is like putting his head in his hands and he's like, won't she think that's weird? I don't know. I I felt for him so much. Me here. too. And I've also was thinking about him throughout this whole episode about that one reader mail that we got that yeah. was talking about the trans metaphor with Kurt. And I was like, wow, this is like like on the nose for everything that Kurt goes with in yeah, this. Yeah, this was, this was the example that she gave when she was talking about um, Kurt's storyline, which I think is a good one. I mean, I, I think there's... I mean, of course, it's different for different people, but like, I think a lot of queer stories are about that fear of people finding out before you're ready to tell them something, whether it's that you're trans or queer or what what have you. Right. And like, yeah, that is Kurt's story here is like the idea of somebody finding out who he is before he's ready to tell them. But then also like, he's afraid of how she'll react. And like, should he tell her? I don't know. It's a really... I don't know. It's 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 not a literally gay storyline, so we can't put it in the gay section, but we can put it here and just be like, this is a metaphor that they're very clearly right. doing here. Yeah. So Scott is like, you know, make up an excuse. Say you've got a rash, whatever. If anybody hassles me about my shades, I just say I have an eye condition. And so then Evan is like, hey, Scott, here she comes. And it's Jean walking up to the table. She's like sauntering too. She's too like, fucking slowly, Jean. Yeah, I was You're gonna doing say, it too fucking like, slow. Maybe if you weren't doing like a whole montage over there where you're like walking and your hair's blowing in the wind and you're like moving your hips back and forth. Yeah, then Taryn wouldn't be able to swoop the fuck in. Yeah, so Taryn, Taryn immediately like leaps on top of Scott here and she's like, hey, Scott, do you want to go to the dance? Like, and she's like starts grinding. I know this version of Taryn looks like Vanessa, you know, when Ursula From turns into Little Vanessa. Mermaid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Scott is like, uh, because he's like staring at Gene, knowing Gene is going to come up and ask him to the dance, but he's out of time. Right. But then Gene sees this and she like, gasps. she's like, oh no. And she like runs away, like really funny. And she's like, oh, I was like, oh my I God. Know. So like Gene basically chickens out as soon as she sees that Taryn asked Scott to the dance. She's like, okay, I guess I'm out now. Uh, yo, Gene is like, it is sad, but also it is really funny to watch all this happen. It's <laughs> it like, I'm sorry. It is sad and funny that everyone is stupid here. Like, Gene could have asked Scott out any time. I mean, time. it's being a teenager. Like, all this is such teenage bullshit because then in the yep. background, Ristia and Rogue are just like watching all of this. Like, all yes. of it. They're watching Kurt okay. having a meltdown about Amanda and Kurt and uh -huh. Scott still flirting and then Taryn grinding against Scott as Jean's coming to ask him out and then like Jean's yeah, running and away. Risty finds this fucking hilarious, which is actually like... <laughs> It's kind of amazing because you know now we, the we know that know that Risty's mystique. mystique. So like, but Rogue doesn't know. So like, Rogue probably just thinks her friend's being kind of an asshole because Risty's like, looks like you lost your shot. Scott just got snagged. Which like, Rogue's had a crush on Scott this whole time. Right. So like, it's kind of being that Risty's just laughing at this. <laughs> like, I mean, Mystique I is just. Know. I feel like Mystique was running this school to find mutants, but also to be like, I can't wait to watch my favorite teenage soap opera, and then like. <laughs> When she was no longer the principal, she's like, now I'm going to be a kid who's also still going to watch my favorite teenage soap opera. I mean, Mystique is basically WandaVisioning her way into this school. I know. She doesn't even have to invent like sitcom subplots, though, like Wanda or Agatha does. It was Mystique all along. <laughs> because they're already happening around her without her even having to like cause the problems. Although Risty likes to cause problems, clearly. So 
Risty then turns to Rogue because Rogue is like, yeah, whatever. I don't fucking care anyway. And Risty's like, well, how about we go to the, the dance together? And Rogue's like, uh, isn't everybody going to think we're gay? And yeah. Risty's like, no, we're just going to try to hook up with guys while we're there. And Rogue I didn't is even like, get that. I felt like like Rogue was like, won't everybody think we're gay? And Risty's like, yeah, but I'm bi, so I'm going to go with you. I kind of get <laughs> I that mean, vibe. it's kind of weird because Mystique is, is Rogue's also her mom. mom. I don't know. So it's like Rogue is looking at the situation and she's like, I feel like my friend is like, trying to spend a lot of time with me and is maybe hitting on me but it's like the twist ending is just that it's her sad depressed mom trying to get close to her like it's really I mean sad. her mom is also doing that thing where it's like well if your friends aren't gonna take you I'll take you you know that yes. kind of thing but like Rogue doesn't know it's Mystique and that's what I makes know. it really funny also Mystique is like wildly bi and she's dressed as a full on lesbian from that time so like I know she or like a stereotype so cool. a stereotype I shouldn't say that because you can be anything you want and be gay you can but, but she like is doing that like alt goth girl like went to Lilith Fair every year like she looks incredible yeah. I, I like love her outfits so much like, I mean the prom I like that outfits. Mystique knows fashion well enough to change her form be like this yes. is tough she doesn't need to buy clothes she's like wow that looks amazing no I look amazing yeah yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway. So Risty also obviously has the fantasy of like being an adult who goes back to high school and is so much more confident than everyone else because like she has no stakes actually. Like she is an adult in high school for fun, essentially. So like she doesn't give a shit about anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's like what you want. Like, oh, I know. So anyway, we cut away to a rift in space time. No, is it? Yeah, we get a quick cut to the rift in space time forming in Forge's lab just to remind us that a dinosaur is going to show up any oh, second. Oh, that's right. Anyway, I didn't even write that. We go out. back to the quad. Taryn is bragging to her friends. Oh my god, this is so good. They're like, they're like, oh my god, Taryn. He's like, <laughs> Scott is like Hollywood shades hot. I can't believe you bagged <laughs> that. Oh my god, did you even see Jean's face? <laughs> she was yep. like totally jealous. She was like, her hair was fire red, just like her personality. She was so mad. <laughs> You're such a mean <laughs> bitch, Taryn. I love you. Like, that's what's happening. Yeah, and Taryn is like, whatever. It's Jean's own fault. She had plenty of chances to fuck Scott and didn't do it. They live together and they don't fuck. I mean, what even is that? <laughs> and meanwhile, like, Jean has her little moment of, like, getting into her car with Duncan, or not her car, Duncan's car with Duncan, and, like, not scarcely talking to Taryn and being like, yeah, whatever. Bye. It's like very teen. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. All she does, because Tara's like, oh, hey, Gene. <laughs> and like, Gene's like, hi. And she like yeah. leaves. And then Terrence like Terrence starts like, did you see that? Gene's so jealous of you. Oh my God. Look who's not the popular girls in school anymore. You swiped her hot boyfriend. <laughs> Which is like interesting because I didn't think until this moment that anyone thought Scott was hot. But apparently something's changed and now people think that. It's because Terrence Possibly dating simply him. Simply because Gene is interested in him. Well, Gene and, and Terrence Taren. dating him. Yeah. yeah. But also then it zooms in to Terrence's face and she looks full on evil here for I don't know two seconds before it fades away and I'm like I mean I think we're supposed to hate her now which is kind of too bad because I don't hate Tara and she seems fine but like she is getting in the way of our heroes fucking, our heroes so I know I know but then it cuts over now. to the brotherhood where we hear everybody like mocking Lance and Tabitha yes. is my favorite because Tabitha is walking around going meow 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 kitty meow meow <laughs> and I was like I love Boom Boom so much she's so funny and they're all like he's got a girlfriend like it's it's like who fucking cares but like somehow they're all you I know, know and Lance, is, Lance is just sitting there looking really annoyed and then Fred's like I would be caught dead at a stupid dance and Toad's like yeah and Tabitha's like <laughs> really Freddy 
because I was thinking about asking you. And Fred's like, what? Girls don't ask me out. And Tabitha's like, yeah, but if you don't want to go. And then Toad's like, ask me instead. And then, and so it was really great that Tabitha just off the cuff. I thought it was like, I'm like, oh God, it's going to be like a joke thing. I'm like, no, Tabitha no, honestly just wanted to take Fred out to the dance. And I'm like, also, arguably, she does take him to the dance. Like, I know she technically takes Fred and Toad together, but like when they walk in together, it's her and Fred, which I know I was really cute. I thought I so like, too. Aw. I was like, uh, you know, Boom Boom is the best character on this show. Well, hands also, down. she flirted with Fred previously, so... I don't know. I don't know. I, I, lo- I love that they give him that. And yeah, then Pietro cute. is looking. <laughs> Pietro's so gay here. He's just oh watching this. And they're God. like. And then Pietro's like, oh, you're all pathetic. And Tabitha's like, hey, Speedy, you think you're too good for this? And Pietro's like, nah, I'm just fucking gay, dude. Like, what do you want? And Tabitha's- Okay, but he lies to her. And he's like, no, I love girls. I love boobs and titties. And I could take four girls to the dance, um, and I will. And Tabitha's like, okay, okay you are th- gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is like, it's so good. It's so good. So then it ends with Tabitha being like, you know what? Let's all go to the dance with each other or with friends, and we'll all, we'll show all the school at a party. They're like, yeah. I and mean, then like in the background, there's this shot of Lance smiling and like laughing at his friends because a second ago they were all making fun of him, but like now they're all gonna go. I just thought it was like really, really cute. Like just in a genuine way, I was like, these guys. I like. The I mean, te- I like. I like that they're teasing each other in a very loving kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like they're being nice. mean. They're like meow, 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 kitty. <laughs> yeah and also like within three minutes all of them are like also we all actually want to go to the dance and like date each other and lance is like yeah i know you idiots like what okay why are we i know i don't know making fun of this but then it goes back to the x-men who are all in the fucking war room looking at this video of hell that was taken on kurt's gopro and they're like wow so cool lava land i got there on (laughs) super mario world once and Xavier's just like, we gotta send Kurt back in there. And like, Ford's just like, yeah! And Kurt's like, I don't know, I'm kind of terrified that that's where I'm going and there's these dinosaurs that want to kill me and Logan's like, yep. don't worry, Kurt. We're gonna go in there together. And I'm your dad now and I'm gonna protect you from the dinosaurs. And or your older boyfriend that like, we're not talking. This is where Logan, okay, this is this show has crossed the line where Logan is now i mean this is like the problem because it's like in the comics these are all the characters logan has sexual tension with but on this show <laughs> he's just their weird dad slash uncle who's like i'm gonna protect you and be really Until strong you're old and enough cool. to date me and then you'll be too old for me to date you i don't know it's just weird because like we have these associations in watching it of like kurt and logan together but like in this version kurt is like 14 they should have had logan just be a teenager because then he could still be like i'll go with you because i'm strong and i have a healing factor but you know like, what we I'm should cool. do and I, I said we should do you know what i want to do is at the end of the season before we jump into a movie we we got to read those x-men evolution comics and just do an episode on that yeah that would be fun i mean there i we mentioned it last last episode there's some comics that that are like expanding out the, the universe of x-men evolution so right and it does the origin of like storm and wolverine on this show and scott and gene it goes into like i didn't really read any of it yet all i know is that mr sinister is like gay texting beast for a while so mm-hmm. anyway that sounds very fun I, yeah. I mean we know mr sinister loves to send weird emails so whatever so anyway kurt teleports logan and him through hell and they're floating and then of course this is gonna go wrong because like forge is like i made it so you'll be in there for like 20 minutes longer than like two <laughs> minutes and like yeah 
why i don't there's know there's like a horrible fight scene i mean it's like it's fine i got kind of bored by it but like it's fine it, it's like logan and kurt fighting the velociraptors for like 10 minutes and it's going terribly and they can't get out of there yeah there's a little cord attached to the two of them so they don't get lost from each other as they float around and then one of the dinosaurs jumps on it and so logan to free them from falling into the lava cuts it with his claws and then they're dangling off cliffs for like 25 minutes yeah and like i don't even know what happens eventually there's a flash and they teleport back to the gym yeah at school i mean this is important too that they're teleporting to the gym at school because like these are all the places where these accidental rifts are going to open up later with the dinosaurs that pop okay, out also the whole reason they decided to go there that time they're like let's go further and it was because kurt's like let's see what they're setting up for the dance and yeah. i was like okay okay <laughs> And they op- they teleport at the gym and Kurt just screams and rips off all the gear because he's been completely traumatized. And yep. Logan calls Scott uh, calls Xavier. He's like, OK, you're going to have to pick us up because like we're not coming back the way we got here. <laughs> and Kurt is basically like, I never want to teleport again. By the way, Charles Xavier can apparently drive a car, which I feel like is just an animation <laughs> error because previously they've had other people drive him. Storm drove him in the very Didn't first. They have- Wait, no. In one of the movies like with um, not Patrick Stewart, James McAvoy, James McAvoy has a scene where he's driving a car. It got cut out. Like, it was, like, him driving the car after, like, I, I think... I mean, it depends. Like, he, you know, so there are certainly paraplegic people who have, like, some functionality they can drive. Yeah, but, like, I mean, like, maybe that's what it is. as far as we know on this show, Charles can't do those things because, like, previously he hasn't been able to drive. I feel like they just fucked it up. Like, why didn't they just have Logan driving the car in this scene? Who, I don't know. Well, Whatever. I think he can't because well, Storm yeah, right. would have to. Anyway, so... So why didn't Storm drive I don't know. Him? Who Whatever. knows? Who it knows? Then matter. there's a crack of re- reality happening behind them and they don't see that and fucking, like, Vision and Wanda fly out for a second, and then she's like, Vision dies, and Wanda grabs him and pulls him back in, and everyone's like, what was that? Mm -hmm. Anyway... Okay, but also the conversation that happens in the car, I guess it's kind of important, mostly because it's stupid. Well, I mean, it's important in the fact that Kurt's talking about how he's traumatized and he's never going to teleport ever again in his life. He's so traumatized about it. That part's not stupid. That part is interesting and like, that's fine. And Forge is like, I'm sorry about all of this. And Xavier's like, I'm sure the creatures wouldn't present a danger to you when you teleport normally because you're only there for like a second and it's fine. And so Logan then brings up something that I feel like no one would in this situation. But Logan is basically like, what if the dinosaurs cross over into our world? Which like, what? I mean, that is exactly what's going to happen in this episode. But like, why is Logan guessing that? I don't know. Because Logan isn't Ron. You know what I mean? I know. But like, how did he guess this? It's basically just like, let's tell the audience what the plot of the episode is. Because this is a version of Wolverine who understands what technology is. And we keep on being confused by this. Yeah, I know. So he guesses that. And then for some reason, Forge is like, that would never happen. And I'm not worried about it. And it's like, that is what's happening. His excuse was like, if it was going to happen, it would have already happened when he he's popped back but it never did until forge slowed down the rifts right exactly i mean that's what's happening xavier just ends the scene by being like let's just hope that never happens and then it's like then it goes to school dance and it's like anyway so then the principal kelly is like brooding in the corner by the way Tabitha yep. shows up to the dance with Fred and with Toad. With Fred and Toad is like tailing behind them because he's the third wheel. Yeah, I, I think she did go with Fred and Toad just followed them. And they're all wearing That's these how cape- I read this. Tabitha looks amazing, by the way. She looks like she okay, went to Hot Topic. She's wearing like a ballerina Hot Topic outfit with, with like, like a little crown. Barrettes. I know. I yeah. don't even know what's happening. Then Pietro walks in with like a thousand girls and he's like, look <laughs> at me. I'm definitely straight. And Tabitha's like, now that boy is gay. <laughs> 
know. It's so good. It's incredible. Um, so then we get to see Kurt and Amanda dancing with each other. Um, and Kurt is like, sorry about the gloves. I feel like such a dork getting a rash the day of the dance. And Amanda's like, they make you look handsome and debonair. And Kurt is like, you don't think I look like a butler? And she laughs and she's like, no, I'm glad you came with me. And it's so cute. It is really cute. And then meanwhile, Duncan's like too busy flirting with Ben in the corner to like even notice that Gene's there. Okay, see, Duncan is talking to like four boys and Gene is like, why doesn't my gay boyfriend want to dance with me? I know. I'm mad. And then she's like, she looks mad. She's like, well, what's Scott doing? And Scott's staring directly at her while like Terrence smashing her vagina into Scott's cock <laughs> on the dance floor and scott like looks really sad about what's happening it's like a weird shot she's like i'm not really into this i know and then gene looks sad scott looks sad and sad and then risty mystique runs into the frame yeah rogue hasn't arrived yet so risty's just running around meddling in other people's affairs the entire time i know and it's so funny because it's it reminds me of that scene from heather's when there's a person standing there and then somebody literally sticks their head into the frame of the camera it's like hey did you hear so it's like that's what's happening here where risty just sticks her head into the frame she's like oh looks like you'd much rather be dancing out there with him and Gene's like well at least he'll dance with somebody and he'll do it yeah and then Rogue walks into the room wearing her same outfit except now it's red it looks great so Risty runs up to Rogue and like compliments her outfit and stuff and she's like ready to find some boys and Rogue is like I thought we were just gonna hang out with each other and Risty's like how can they resist I know Rogue's like I thought we were like being gay today and Risty's like um no I'm bi so I can fuck whoever I want and we're like okay and also I'm secretly related to you so this can't be a date and Rogue is like I don't really understand what's happening right now I mean pretty much I don't really know why Mystique, I guess Mystique just wants Rogue to go be normal ish I don't even know I what I think so I think she's like doing the mom thing where she's trying to like help her daughter develop social skills which Rogue obviously doesn't have I right. mean like it's kind of cute if you look at it through that lens but then it's also the lens of Rogue being deeply confused by her weird friend which <laughs> you would be in this situation you'd be like I feel like my friend's giving me a lot of weird messages yeah like, I don't know what, what is does she want to fuck or not like I don't really know anyway mm-hmm. I shout out to the kid in the background who's wearing just a tuxedo shirt over his regular clothes which is so yeah. high school and I love it so much remember tuxedo t-shirts great they still exist anyway so then in the middle of this the rip and time just opens up at the middle of dance and a dinosaur jumps out and everyone screams and runs away and i'm like wait hold on are they gonna even address wait 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 wait. no 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 no. you're skipping ahead so first we get a cute amanda and kurt scene before the dinosaur shows up oh that's right scenes oh wait wait wait. no i'm not ron it's not ripping out in the middle of the dance. It's like ripping out from downstairs in forge's lab or whatever there's yeah so the first the first um rip and time opens up i guess they kind of open up in order of which they were created so the first one is the one in the lab so a dinosaur pops out and runs down the hallway it will interact with the dance but it's not yet there's just like dinosaurs everywhere in this i don't know so then we get a cute amanda and kurt scene which i'll just read um obviously this is like a total queer analogy um so amanda's like kurt i have to confess something i know about you that you don't always look like this and Kurt is like, yeah, ha, this is one of my good days. You should see me in the mornings. And Amanda's Back like, you know what I the morning. mean? Sorry. The real <laughs> you, the you that you hide ever since I found out I can't stop thinking about you. And then she like reaches out to touch his face. And Kurt is like, Amanda, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm what you see. That's all. And Amanda's like, okay, I'll wait till you're ready to show me. And then like wraps his, her arms around him. And it's like. I don't know. It's interesting how they've done this. This this continues on through the rest of the it episode. It does. I really like 
all of this. And it's like, yeah. it's nice that Amanda like accepts him for who he is. Yeah. And like, she knows he's not going to tell her like ordinarily, I feel like this would be kind of scary to have somebody come up to you and be like, Hey, I know your secret identity and like you're gay. Like that would be really scary, but like, or like, or you're trans coming up being like, you know, I know that you're trans and I'm still yeah, interested like, in you. That would be terrifying. Like you don't want somebody to out you in that way. But like yeah. in this version of the world, mutants aren't even a thing anyone knows about so she right. can't really do it any other way like she has to be like hey i already know and i'm cool i with don't it. know like if what she's doing is even necessarily wrong because it's not like she's outing that person to a bunch yeah, of people she's, she's more just, just like hey i already know and like don't worry about and it i'm still into you don't let's like not make a big deal about it like i i i'm here for you basically and yeah, it's like okay. and like also i have a crush on you anyway and right. kurt is basically like I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. Well, I'll just wait. I'll wait. <laughs> and cute. then back to the X mansion. Uh, then Forge is packing up his shit because like Kurt's too scared to teleport ever again in his life. And then Forge yep. is like talking to Xavier and they know he's like, wait a second, what's happening in the danger room? Cause if rip is opening and then a dinosaur jumps out, Logan's like dinosaur. <laughs> Yep. So Fred and Toad are out in the hallway and they're collapsed from exhaustion. This is really funny, by the way. Like, yeah. both of them are like, I can't dance anymore. Boom, boom. She's asking too much of us. <laughs> we can't keep up with her. <laughs> like, it's just so funny to imagine. Boom, I know. Boom, like, I know. They're just like flipping around the dance floor and Toad and Fred are just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. <laughs> I love it so much. And then the dinosaur rounds the corner and it's like, hi. Toad is like, what the fuck is that? I know. And then Boom Boom walks out and she's like, come on, I don't look that bad. And Toad's like, but there's there's a but there's there's a thing, but there there's a what? And to Boom turns around, she's like, okay, cool, there's a dinosaur here. <laughs> yeah, so then we go over to Lance and Kitty, and then um this is when the rift opens the up. The fucking dance from Greece is happening. They're like, nah, nah, nah. I don't know the fuck I don't know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's like the vibe I'm getting that. Yeah, so they're doing that together and then a rift opens up between them and Kitty immediately blames Lance for it and is like, Lance, what are you doing? And Lance like, it's actually not me this time. And then a bunch of dinosaurs pop out of it. I mean, to be fair, the past like six times something has happened, it actually hasn't been Lance, but people have been like, Thanks, Lance, for ruining everything. And Lance is like, I'm, I'm just, just fucking standing here. Well, yeah, he like, doesn't even remember when he tried to out everybody and kill everybody. And since then, he's just been kind of like normal. Yeah, Lance is a completely different character now. Lance is like a nice person suddenly who like doesn't do shitty things. Like, Xavier went into his brain, just like deleted the part that wanted to hurt people. So well, whatever. Well, Xavier should do that to his own brain. Anyway, a bunch of dinosaurs are running all around the dance floor now and like trying to kill people. Yeah, one's attacking Principal Kelly... Mystique's just standing there staring at it. And I I took that as I'm like, oh, Mystique knows what these are. Yeah, that is an interesting interpretation. Right. Scott stands in front of Taryn at one point and like takes off his glasses to blast the dinosaurs. And I was just like, okay, I guess we're just showing people our powers. <laughs> yeah, now. I know, like one phases through Kitty. Scott's using his eye beams, like without his glasses on. So it's just blasting around. Jean saves Duncan by throwing using around Duncanese. And then she catches one with like in the air, throws it through a throws the dinosaur through a basketball hoop. Yeah. And she's like whipping. The, there's one part where Jesus is whipping the dinosaur like back and forth. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. The, Lance it's open, the Lance is like, uh-oh. So he rips open the ground. I'm like, 
Nobody notices any of this. Nobody's questioning the dinosaurs. We're just going to let this slide, apparently. Like, yeah, like, I'm sort of wondering if there's an episode after this where anybody refers to this moment where suddenly, like, multiple high schoolers are, like, using their powers to fight dinosaurs. And I don't everybody know. else is just, like, running out of there like, oh, no. I think what was supposed to happen is that we were supposed to already see walk uh, Operation Rebirth, probably. And mm-hmm. also probably retreat and also walk on the wild side. And then it would have like gone from into that into Day of Reckoning and stuff like that, which would have made sense. Why? Because is Day of Reckoning the, the episode where they reveal themselves or something? I don't know. Yeah, anything. it's basically when the government figures shit out. And Paul Vertrask okay. is like, okay, I have proof that they exist now. So let's kill them with Sentinels, basically. I mean, that would make sense as something to follow this episode because it's like, clearly the mutants are a danger. Nobody knows where the dinosaurs came from. Well, so I they're think just when like, I saw Shadow Dance, I think it was towards the end of the season, not in sort of like 75% of the way. I think, because again, I know it's out of order because Walk on the Wild Side would have happened beforehand. I think Retreat. It's so weird. Like, why is it out of order? Because I feel like Disney has the opportunity to put them in an order that makes any fucking sense. Like, why wouldn't they just upload them in the I right order? I, I, think, I think the actual end order here was going to be Shadow Dance, then the Hex Factor, then the Day of Reckonings, because that, would out, that all leads up, because fucking the Hex Factor episode is where Scarlet Witch shows up and she like destroys the mall. So, mm, you know, that's not great, but it's pretty Wanda. Right. So anyway, that's it. That's just what I want to say about that. Now I'm going to open yeah, my notes so, again. So the culmination of this scene is that Amanda goes to Kurt and she's like, get us out of here. Make us disappear. I've seen you do it. I know you can do it. And then Kurt teleports both of them away. Well, first, first he goes, how we're trapped. And Amanda's, that's what Amanda's like. OK, I know you have powers. Please get us out of here before we die. Yeah. And he does it. He does do it. Which is actually kind of interesting because he had previously been like, I never want to teleport again. And now he doesn't want to teleport in front of the person that's knows that he has powers. I know it's like, it's a lot going on. He doesn't actually hesitate for very long. He hesitates for like precisely as long as you would think he would. And then he's like, fuck it. Let's get out of here because we're going to So they teleport and then Amanda's like, wow, that was so amazing. And Kurt's like, cute. I think Kurt goes, okay, we obviously have a lot to talk about, but let's get the fuck out of here first. <laughs> like, yeah, so they run out of the building. Like, basically, he just teleported her, like, right outside the gym into an empty hallway where no right. one would see them. So then they run out, um, and then we go over to Forge and Logan, who are running towards the school while a thousand people are running out of it screaming. Forge is carrying his blaster that we referred to before. And then a bunch of other people are running away. Risty and Rogue are running away from the dinosaur. Rogue turns around. She takes off her glove and she's like trying to threaten the dinosaur with her hand. <laughs> I know. And Risty leaves and then comes back and uses a fire extinguisher on the dinosaur and throws it at Rogue. And Risty scream screams what are you nuts like yeah i was wondering if that was an indication that mystique thought that rogue's powers wouldn't work on the dinosaur well i think like, that's I, what i think or too if it's just mystique trying to preserve her cover and be like act like she doesn't no, know rogue I, has powers. I don't think that i think i think she knows that that's not going to do anything and that rogue's putting yourself in danger and risty is like yeah. let's get the fuck out of here before you hurt yourself because i'm not actually sure if it would work on those creatures i don't right, know exactly but it doesn't matter because Forge intercepts and catches the dinosaur with the projector and then all the X-Men follow Forge and leave and Risty's like, those are some pretty cool friends you've hooked up with there, yeah? What's with the ray gun? And Rogue's like, oh, that's Forge. He's a super genius. I'll tell you later. It's a long story. And I'm like, this episode is not going to cover anything up. 
this, this I know like anything. And also, like, is Rogue actually going to tell Risty who forges? Like, is Rogue just like blowing her own cover at this point? Also, like that's why I'm like this had to be towards the end of the season because like they don't like Xavier doesn't mind wipe anyone at the end of this. Yeah. It's unfortunate that Forge's stupid experiment is the reason that like eventually it mitigates the idea that like the government wants to look into this and find mutants and then kill them you know what i'm saying i know i know i mean it's not it's not great and it's not even about mutants there's fucking dinosaurs you know what i mean yeah although technically it was caused by forge but yeah you're right it's not it's not the mutants fault although i guess that kind of makes sense because like that's usually how it goes like something happens that isn't mutants fault but they get blamed for it you know what i mean like that is typically how the story goes so Kitty and Forge and Evan and Jean and Lance and Scott, it's interesting that Lance is here, by the way, are all running down the hall together, working together, talking about the dinosaurs. Um, Forge explains that Kurt's portals didn't close because of his whole experiment. And that's why they all showed up. And they're like, sorry about the dinosaurs. <laughs> so then they turn around a corner and they see Toad and Fred and Boom Boom who are all sitting together on top of a dinosaur so that it doesn't move, which is like very funny. I love that like they were easily the able to- three of them took it down. Yeah, they're like, we took care of your mess, comma, again. Yeah, but they also didn't manage to kill the dinosaur. So like Forge uses his blaster. The dinosaur just kind of looks like he's like slightly annoyed by the situation, but he's also like- <laughs> kind of tamed a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, the dinosaur's their friend now. So then uh, Forge uses his blaster to get rid of the dinosaur, and Toad is like, hey, I've seen that thing before. And Forge is like, this is a new one with special modifications. It sends these bad boys back where they came from. Yeah. So that's as much explanation as we're going to get about that. So they all run off together, except Lance hangs back with his friends this time around, as opposed to continuing on with the X-Men, which I mostly just thought was interesting. Well, I also think they're like, okay, we have to go to our safe spots now because we don't know what's going to happen. So then we see Kurt walking Amanda home because they're dating now. And Kurt is like, how did you know? And Amanda's like, a few months ago, I saw you arguing with your friend in the hallway at school. I already liked you. I don't even think you knew who I was. And then I saw you change into something else. And we see a montage here where like Kurt changes into his blue self, like in the hallway at school, which he's done like a No, this is that episode. This is the episode where he figures out that Mystique's his mom. Remember we watched that episode and like yeah. Kurt changes into his blue form and then teleports away from Rogue and Rogue's like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing, Kurt? And at the time we're like, did nobody see that? That was wildly dangerous. Turns somebody out somebody did. did. Some, and yeah. he's just lucky that the person that saw him was an ally. You know what I'm saying? I know. And also somebody who like had a little crush on him and was going to be all romantic and cute about it oh, later. Yeah. He is very lucky. But there are also situations shown on this show where like people like Principal Kelly or like people who don't trust mutants see things. And it's not like we haven't had the counter example as well of like it going badly for them. But yeah, it is interesting that like in watching it, you and I were like, shouldn't Kurt be worried about this? And like, it turns out he at least kind of should have been. Right. So anyway, she's like, couldn't stop thinking about you. Haven't told anybody else who would believe me anyway. Um, and Kurt is like, I don't know what to say. And Amanda's like, will you show me, please? Like, I saw you that day. And Kurt is like really embarrassed. He's like, you won't like it. And Amanda's like, let me decide. And so Kurt shows her and she gasps. And then she's like, did you know blue's my favorite color? Which is like... <laughs> Just the cutest shit you could possibly say. I love it. I love it. And so then they like laugh together and Kurt is like, I know a good shortcut to the ice cream shop and like teleports her away. And it's basically the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. It, it is. I love this episode. I, there's like no part of the episode I dislike. Yeah, it's great. I loved it. I'm honestly going to give it a five. Me too. I I'm going to give it a five out of five because <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it. 
Um, I mean, I, I love that it feels like a 90s movie, like a rom-com, you know? Yeah, but like combined with like a zombie movie or something, because there's like all the dinosaurs randomly popping in there that they have to deal yeah, with. Yeah, but that part's great. Yeah. And like, it's really good. I also love all the metaphors between Kurt. I mean, like the stuff with Kurt not wanting to come out to Amanda, but Amanda being like, I'm okay with what you are. That's where I'm like, I'm like, I don't think Kurt's queer, but it is a good trans metaphor because like, Amanda's like, yeah, I know what you are, and that's fine with me. Like, I'm cool with that. And like, it's just like I, mean, I also there's that, and then there's also like the larger metaphor of the dinosaurs technically being a product of Kurt's powers that he can't control, yeah. and like something he's really afraid of. Like that larger metaphor works really well with Kurt's story, where it's like, yeah, he's so worried about it being dangerous. That part actually isn't his fault at all. But like the thing that he ha- is so scared of that he feels like he's scary. It turns out that he's not scary. Like that's kind of like an interesting parallel there between the dinosaurs and like Kurt's own fear about what would happen, you know? Right. Yeah. No, that is a good point. I didn't really even think about that. Yeah. I don't think anything more about metaphor stuff here. I'm just thinking about how much I really enjoyed all the fucking dating bullshit that sounded <laughs> really, really, the writing for this episode was really good in terms of dialogue between awkward teenagers and like what they're doing. And it really felt like I was watching Mean Girls on and off or any of those cheerleader movies. Or like Heathers, I feel like. Yeah, yeah like anything I mean, that it's... was like a high school comedy, like a dark comedy, like that's what we're watching. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just enjoyed all that. Sometimes this show is really good at writing teenagers and like adapting things to be sure. what teenagers would do. And this is just one of those meow, times meow, where meow, it's meow, like, meow, kitty. <laughs> um, so anyway. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, I love that Tabitha took Fred out on a date and I wanted to point that out because yeah. like she didn't do it as a joke. And I was like kind of worried that's where it was going. But it, no, she just honestly wanted to go out with Fred. And I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, this is like the first episode in a really long fucking time that didn't have fat jokes about fred just treated him like he was part of the brotherhood and one of them and like just didn't do any of that and i was like thank god like he just gets to be a character in this episode who like has super strength fights the dinosaur like whatever like he's just part of that crowd and it's not a joke so i hope they keep that up but uh for the moment i get to give this episode a five with pretty much no reservations yeah same i really enjoyed it as soon as i finished watching it i was like uh this is gonna be a five out of five for maddie and for me but i was also (laughs) like this is a maddie myers episode because you love this kind of shit i love this stuff and also just it was really cute it was a fun blend of like cute stuff uh queer analogy stuff literal queerness with pietro but we could talk about that later oh my god i forgot about (laughs) that oh my god (laughs) anyway but first we should do a little x-men history okay ready okay yeah who's We did it the long way. We did. I know it's what you prefer, well, so we did it. Yeah, but whenever we do it the short way, we don't even... That's like what it's really bad. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so what Pokemon is Amanda Sefton? <laughs> I mean, she's a sorcerer, right? Like, so... Is there... I don't, I don't, I don't even think about that in advance. I mean, there's not really, like, sorcery Pokemon. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're all kind of sorcerers when you come down to it. And she has so many powers. She's Alakazam. Okay, are they all going to be variations of like those three characters? I'll take it though. Alakazam. All right, so uh, Amanda Sefton was created by Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum. She first appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 98. Her powers are all magic, and she kind of falls into the same category as Ileana, where she has the teleportation, the illusion, shape-shifting, force bolts, hypnotism, uh, at, for a while, she wields the soul sword. I know at some point she also gets the same discs that Ileana has. Uh, they both have ties to Limbo. So it's really just like, oh, we are super sorcerers. Mm-hmm. Um, her real name is actually Jemaine Sardzos, but goes by Amanda Sefton. 
so basically, Jemaine and her mother, Marjorie, who's definitely evil, by the way, they like kind of pose <laughs> her in this situation with like, is Marjorie or Marjorie? I think it's Marjorie. Marjorie's like, oh, is she going to be evil or not? And I'm like, she's totally evil. They're both witches. They're both witches. Hey, being a witch doesn't mean you're evil. No, it doesn't because, <laughs> well, no, because definitely Amanda's not evil, but her mother is. Yes. It's like very like the tangled scenarios happening here. <laughs> yeah. When Nightcrawler moves to the US, she follows him there and takes the name Amanda Sefton and also takes a job as a flight attendant. I think she changes her entire look. Like, I don't think she looks anything like Amanda when she's doing that. Amanda mm-hmm. then, Amanda Sefton then starts dating Nightcrawler. Marjorie eventually attacks the X-Men, believing Nightcrawler is responsible for the death of Jemaine's brother, Stefan. And during that, Jemaine, a.k.a. Amanda, reveals that she really is Jemaine, and she convinces Marjorie to let Kurt live. Kurt and Amanda date for a while until they break up and after Kurt encounters a Beyonder. This is like, that's like a weird period of time. During Excalibur, Kurt calls Amanda to help them on a mission to save Captain Britain from the time stream. During this time, Amanda takes on the name Day Tripper to play on Kurt's name. Kurt and Amanda then go to save Amanda's mother, Marjorie, from the despair. During her time as a flight attendant, the Black Queen also attacked her with like mystical and telepathic attacks. I just wanted to put that in there because I thought it was funny. Uh, anyway, so after all that, uh, and after Ileana's first death, which you know happens multiple times throughout fucking the X-Men, sure, Amanda sure. convinces Shadowcat, aka Kitty, to give her the soul sword for safe keeping because you know she doesn't know who else should have it so amanda gives it to her mother marjorie who she thinks or marjorie maybe it's pronounced marjorie that's probably what it is no idea marjorie i mean i'm just i'm just gonna say marjorie let's let's pronounce it differently each time just start Margali, saying marjorie 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 uh, i would say marjorie i think it's actually marjorie uh, so she gives it to her mother marjorie who then tricks amanda and takes the soul sword to kill a bunch of people on the winding path Marjolai then joins the Hellfire Club as the Red Queen, and Amanda and Excalibur have to work together to defeat Amanda's mom. Amanda then leaves Excalibur without telling Nightcrawler, and everyone's like, what happened to Amanda? But it actually turns out that that wasn't really Amanda. That was Amanda who had switched bodies with Marjolai when they had battled during their last mission, but that they were both being controlled by Belasco. <laughs> sure. Comic books. Comic and when they books. get when Amanda gets to Limbo, she teams up with Marjolai to defeat Belasco. And then Marjolai is like G2G and quickly leaves. And Amanda <laughs> remains Amanda remains at Belasco and eventually becomes its ruler. But it's after she sort of has to conceal who she is from all of her friends and she rallies with other people to go against the rulers of all different dimensions of hell to preserve hell, okie dokie, and she becomes the leader of Limbo. <laughs> Great. Amanda, for a while, hides the soul sword inside of Nightcrawler secretly because she knows that there's no other soul more pure than his, and she figured Aww. it would be safe there. Amanda is then attacked by Nightmare, and Marjorie shows up to help her. They seek out Nightcrawler to warn him about what's going on and that they put the soul sword inside of him, but the demon Hive has taken over Wolverine and also attacks them. Eventually, the essence of the soul sword like reveals itself and like defeats Nightmare. Uh, during New X-Men, Amanda is shot out of limbo because Belasco has invaded hell again and taken back his place on the throne. Amanda helps the New X-Men find students that Belasco had kidnapped during that time, which is also when Ileana was in the background, like, secretly training Pixie and stealing her life force. And mm. at the end, Ileana usurps the throne, and Amanda finds out that Limbo has been sealed off from her after Ileana takes over Limbo. And then during that period of time where Kurt died during, like, the Messiah complex stuff, and then comes back to life a few years later. 
as the X-Men do. Uh, Kurt, and, Kurt seeks out Amanda for a romantic reunion. Uh, Amanda, unfortunately, has been kidnapped by these creatures called the Trimega, and Kurt has Kurt and all the little Kurts, the little Bamfs, go to save her. And Kurt allows Amanda to stay in Jean Grey's school for high learning for safety, but then the Trimegas come and attack the school, and it is revealed that Marjorie actually created the Trimegas, who is manipulating the whole situation to figure out how to cross into the afterlife and use her daughter to do that. Uh, Marjorie opens a portal that will endanger all of reality, so Kurt and Amanda have to go through like this weird gate to get through there, but Kurt can't go through because it's a gate that's like somewhere between Earth and Heaven, and Kurt's not allowed in Heaven because he's like part demon or whatever, but Xavier's allowed to go to Heaven. This is when Heaven became a place for a while, and I was like really annoyed about this. I re- I hated that so much when like yeah, that's really it revealed that Xavier was like up in Heaven for a while. It's like, okay, let's get rid of Heaven, and also Xavier of all characters does not deserve to bleed. Get to go there? Especially if Nightcrawler doesn't get to go. I mean, on a technicality. Well, it's probably because like fucking everybody in Hell was like, we don't want that asshole here. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. so Amanda, they get stranded in between those places and sort of like this void. And we don't see her for a very long time until Kurt is stabbed by the Crimson Pirates and he's dying. And Amanda approaches him between life and death and encourages him, along with Jean Grey and Logan, to return to the land of the living. And that's really the last we saw her. So She's a cool character. I feel like it, it makes a lot of sense that that's the character who they chose to have Kurt actually date in this show. Like... I don't know. I just think it's cute. Yeah, I also, I feel like upon going over her bio again, I was like, okay, I think all this was going to eventually intersect and connect because like that is obviously some version of Limbo. I know that they were planning to bring in Ileana eventually because that was going to be Colossus' whole deal and why he was working for Magneto is because of Ileana and her being in danger. So they were going to write a version of that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wonder if Amanda would have like, revealed that she was somebody else also later on down the line but the problem is is that later on they go they go like her and amanda go to see amanda's parents and Mm -hmm. they're just like random they're like normal people you know well i mean i feel like they still could have had the connection happen though like it doesn't seem like an accident that this is the episode where hell is revealed as as a place and then or limbo or whatever and like also this is the episode where amanda gets introduced like it just seems too coincidental not to have been foreshadowing you know what i mean like yeah and that's kind of how i feel it is like that they definitely were setting up because it wouldn't be a coincidence that they would have those two things there you know what i mean yeah i mean it just it's only logical i don't know i i just that they didn't end up writing it or perhaps they were just like this is going to be a fun thing for people who know about the comics that we're putting these two things next to each other i know i think i think they were planning on it i think that they were planning to go much further than they were allowed to go but the thing with x-men evolution that i actually really enjoy more than any of the other x-men series is that it it's not fast paced it's taking its time to develop these characters and these concepts and these plot devices than just trying to throw it all at us at once which is what x-men the animated series did which sometimes worked and sometimes didn't and wolverine the x-men is just like too much so like this mm-hmm. show is really good in the sense that it's slow and we get to know these characters and that when we have these reveals happen they're actually worth it to, to get there it's very it's like it moves at the pace of like buffy the vampire slayer you know in the sense that there's like monster of the week episodes but then also like longer plot developments that happen on top of that well i also feel like buffy 
definitely had a huge influence on everything with this show. Oh, it did, yeah. There's so I mean, much like literally with the rotoscoping, but yeah, also like story wise, it had a huge influence as well. For right. better or worse, it had a huge influence on lots of other fantasy and sci-fi shows at the time where it's like the idea of magical teens. Which is fine. I like I don't I don't have any problems with Buffy or Angel. I really enjoyed those shows, even though I hate Joss Whedon as a person. But like I think <laughs> the production team was so large that yeah, like it wasn't just him and like a lot of the stuff that he did like behind the siege was fucked up. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just mean like there were other people who worked on the show as well and we're complimenting them too. Anyway, but that we're getting off track here. So let's talk about who's gay. The situation where like yeah we could point to like beast and logan in the background of one shot or like kurt and scott also talking to each other a couple times but like no it's just I pietro. Actually feel like pietro is the answer in part because clearly he was written to be a gay character who couldn't actually be outed at the time so like that just gives me a very different read on those re- okay that scene when he walks in with all the girls reminded me of like the old pokemon episodes where gary would show up with like a car full of cheerleaders he's like look how hot uh, these girls are and they all are into me anyway i'm gonna spend the entire series like chasing after you ash Ash. and ash is like what the heck he's going on with gary like that's what's happening so (laughs) there's that and then there's also just the fact that pietro is in the background of like all of his friends like laughing about going to the dance and like he's disconnected from that and then has to come up with a way to still go and be like no i'm like you guys i'm gonna take a whole bunch of girls because i love girls he's also being he's being so judgy of them too when they're like who's gonna go with who pietro's like boring you know like (laughs) i mean there's that but it's also like kind of sad because pietro probably has a crush on people like evan or whomever it may be that he can't go with or like isn't able to go with because you know it's 2001 that's right it's also i forgot that that evan and him were like briefly fucking for a while yeah except now evan has a whole other friends group who like is disconnected from pietro and pietro like i don't know he's like an outsider among outsiders in that type of way which is kind of sad i mean i don't know Oh, yeah, well. I don't know either, but it's it is certainly something with Pietro. In He's this. gay. I, maybe he has a crush on. Would it be really sad if Pietro also had a crush on like Lance? Yeah, it would. And be. had to watch Lance date End this up with girl. Kitty. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's yeah. a life I have lived. Anyway, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's time for plugs. Yay, Pluggy's not here today. Yay, no Pluggy. He only comes out once a month. It's like a rarity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just like the full moon pluggy's a <laughs> if it's a full moon the pluggy will be here because he's here oh, to God. moon he's like there's a full moon gotta get in that but anyway first of all next week there will not be an episode of the mutant ages we're sorry but there's a couple of different reasons for this i'm busy ryan's busy we're taking a week off maddie is moving i'm not gonna have the internet for a little while because i'm moving in with my girlfriend what? um well, it's okay. I'm going to New Jersey, so. Yeah, Ryan has, is not even going to be around. So we're both taking a week off. Yes. But we will be back the following week, and we're going to do a listener feedback episode. Oh, we are? Okay, good to know. Because it's been a while. <laughs> I think we should. I mean, I don't know, Ryan. Do you this not actually, want to do that? No, we should do that. Okay, yeah, this is a great idea because we want you to write into us, and this is a good time for us to actually put out an episode that you'll hear and like be able to write in because usually we say we're doing a listener mail 
And then you don't have time to write in unless I post it in Discord. But this time, you'll hear us saying right now to write on in. This is a good time yeah, to do that. Yeah, and before we record that, we will actually have time to receive your mails. So you should email us at themutantageofthegmail.com. You can, as Ryan said, actually also ask us questions in the Discord. We have a channel just for that. Um, and if you want to join our Discord server, you can go to mutantages.com. It's in the bar on the right-hand side, the Mutant Ages bar. We'll mix you up a drink and some links. Um, and you can also call our voicemail and leave us a message at 1-508-319-1668. Or you can write us in physical mail um, at P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. So those physical mail things, we don't do those on the Lister Mail episodes. We put our reactions to those on our YouTube channel. Although we will probably be doing one of those fairly soon, I think. Probably after you move. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Ryan, you want to talk about our YouTube channel and all the stuff that's on there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we do have a YouTube channel where we play through every X-Men video game ever and ever even the bad ones especially the bad ones well that's like where we are right now because we are making our way through that chronologically like we are with the tv shows so of course we're playing some of the not so good retro games that existed on like the nes and especially the game gear which i know maddie loves um Mm -hmm. but we did play through all of, of ravages of the apocalypse which was a lot of fun But also, like, we've put other things up on there. Like, sometimes I take clips from this show and put it to the animation of the TV shows. Sometimes, Maddie, when we're allowed to be in the same room together, we'll do parodies of stuff. Yeah, every now and then. Sometimes there's, like, Resident Evil parodies that we put on there, which, yeah, it's the Mutant Ages channel, but we don't care. We like Resident Evil. It is only a matter of time before there's a Kingdom Hearts parody on there, too. It's so I true. also have a YouTube channel that's at Ryan Pagella. I've been doing lots of fun stuff on there. I basically have an adventure vlog. Um, and it's since things are slowly reopening again, I've been out. I've been doing arcades mostly because that's what's open right now. Um, Katie and I went looking for shamrocks and on St. Patrick's Day. I uh, did an escape room. That's not up there. Mini golf. Lots of ret- if you like retro stuff like nostalgia searching and stars, I post a lot of stuff there. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And we also are individually in a bunch of other places like you can find the mutant ages everywhere and on YouTube and you can find Ryan on YouTube. But we're on social media, too. I'm at Mitty Myers everywhere you look. Everywhere you look, everywhere we are. The Mutant Ages is at <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, and TikTok. And I'm at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram and Ryan Pagella on Twitter. And I do have a Twitch channel that's just Ryan Pagella. And I generally it's true. I post in the Discord when I am playing games that are relevant to us. Marvel's Avengers, mostly what you're playing. Yeah, I'm almost done with the main campaign. We're almost there. Very X-Men-y game. It really is just an X-Men game. Like, that's all it is. I mean, it has the Avengers characters and no X-Men in it, but like vibe-wise, it's an X-Men game. So Ryan's playing that. 100%. Yeah, so that's where I've been playing some of the other offshoot Marvel stuff that we probably will not do on this show. So, mm-hmm. uh, but other, uh, how can you support us? So you, you could go to our store and buy a t-shirt or a bag or a mask that says, has the mutant ages logo on it, or has Bishop saying that time travel is real, but you could also go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages and you could back at the audio level, get reactions to us talking about WandaVision week to week after maybe you listen to our big WandaVision spoiler episode. Um, or you could just listen to other bonus audio content that we leave on there. There's a big backlog. We've talked about Into the Spider-Verse, uh, Birds of Prey, a bunch of other movies. Yeah, actually, this is a good time to mention that I recently went through the Patreon, because I don't know why I was not doing this before, but I went and I tagged everything with very specific tags. So if you are looking for WandaVision, you can click the WandaVision tag. 
and find all the WandaVision episodes we did over there. Same with like mm-hmm. anything else we've done. And if you just want to find any of the bonus podcasts we've done, you can just click on the little tab, uh, the little tag that says podcast. So yeah, everything is there. Yeah. And then you can listen to a backlog of other episodes, bonus episodes of the show. But also right. if you back at the highest tier, we give you a shout out on the show. Oh my God, you guys, guess what? <laughs> Samuel B, Sora B and Zach S are all coming to the school dance with us. Who's going to date wow. who? Is somebody to date Kurt or Jean or Scott? We don't even know. Oh my God. <laughs> Just watch out for Jean because she is such a hothead bitch. <laughs> watch out for the dinosaurs that are going to pop out of a rift in the middle of the school dance. Yeah, and, like, if you want to play Jurassic us. Park, you can do it here at the Sadie Hawkins dance. Anyway, thank you for being our top tier supporters on the show. Yay. I didn't, you know what? I really just channeled that fucking ruby rod energy right there. <laughs> you really did. You really did. Making <laughs> me want to rewatch The Fifth Element for the billionth time of my life. That is one of my favorite movies. It's great. Um, did we miss anything? Yes. Oh, we should talk about reviews. Yes. Reviews. They exist. So, let's say you don't have any money. Shout out. It's all good. Yeah, we've you been and there. everybody else. That's how I feel these um, days. You can still support the show. You can write us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can review us on Facebook as well. You can give us a five star if you if you care to. And you can also write down, hey, I like this show. It's cool. It's funny. It's, you know, whatever you think it is. I don't know. I can't say. Um, or you could just share it on your own personal social media and be like, hey, I think this X-Men show is fun. And that helps us out a ton. It helps Word increase of mouth. our visibility. That's how people find out about cool podcasts. Yeah, so. and by supporting us in any of these ways, whether it be Patreon, following us on a social media, or buying something from the store, or leaving a review, really helps us out greatly because we're a completely fan-supported show. We have no ads. We want to keep it that way. So yeah, that would be a huge help. And yeah, also, I mean, advertisers are just clamoring to be on this show, and we keep having we to keep say on here no. somebody banging on the door we're like it's either advertisers or pluggy again just don't open the door yeah, pluggy keeps trying to buy ad spots on this show pluggy is like you I don't gotta want to advertise my butt plugs and you don't want that to happen because it's gonna get weird yeah and like that's because pluggy needs to make a living too <laughs> he does but we don't need to help him no. so you know you got to help out the show either financially or otherwise do we have any do we have any advice from cloaky today about this episode like what oh what my kind god of, what i've kind forgotten of, about cloaky i forgot about all of our running bits what kind of advice would cloaky even give about this about dating each other i feel like cloaky would be like it's important to be yourself but don't forget to hide for your own safety like, <laughs> or be oh like God. if you really want to date somebody you should wait until last second to ask so in case that they don't want to date you you won't be totally <laughs> sad about it or you still will anyway bye <laughs> I feel like at a certain point, Cloaky just started giving extremely unhelpful advice because, like, that's <laughs> our association with children's television. Well, from yeah, the 80s. I mean, that is like what it was in the 80s. They were telling us stupid shit like, don't put a fucking fork in this power socket. Or we're like, well, yeah, we know that already. Thanks, though. Um. Anyway, we'll see you next time. See you next time. But also, like, see you next time, but a week from now. You well, know? sweet. I mean, Logan and I are going to go on vacation and fuck on a roller coaster. Wow. <laughs> you know, Logan would be immune from COVID. That lucky dog. I know. He could just, right? He is the vaccine. You have to mask up everywhere you go. And, and Logan is just like fucking chilling. Like, okay, but he, would, he throws a little fit about it, though. They're like, you, Logan, you have to put on a mask. <laughs> even though is you're an like, anti-vaxxer and an anti-masker. No, he's not an oh, anti-vaxxer. It doesn't fucking matter. He would never do that. Oh, he's like, oh, guess I have to put on because I don't want people to know I'm a mutant. Or like. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, this show. See you next time. Yeah.